All right. Then check this out. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Frantic Thoughts, a podcast all about video games, entertainment, and just a little bit about my life. But this week, we just want to talk all about E3. If you don't know who I am, my name is Josh, also known as Frantic on the internet, and at Frantic Society on Twitter is where you'll see me most days. So that's a lot of fun. So E3 2019 just happened last week, and what I'm going to do, I'm not going to break every single thing down 100% of the time, because there will be a lot of things I'm just like, oh yeah, they announced that, and then I will just like have nothing to say about it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to every single press conference and announcement and just pick a couple of things that stood out to me. Um, all in all, this E3 I felt was pretty awesome. Like I always enjoy E3. They come out, they show all the cool games that are going to be available to us. Um, And I'm just super excited for next year, for the most part. They announced a lot of really good 2020 stuff. We'll get into that. But uh, yeah, so what I'll do is we'll talk about each press conference and just kind of have a little bit of a little overview of it. And then a couple of uh, stories that stuck stuck out to me. Um, I was going to be on the Cartridge Club uh, actual e3 e3 breakdown but i had some family stuff come up like literally last minute and it was a really big bummer and i felt horrible like i i never ever every single time someone asked me to be on a podcast i'm like yes i want to be there and i always make it happen and i was fine we're just chilling and it just didn't work out and uh i was bummed man i was like apologizing profusely the guys are like "Ah, that's cool and i'm just like i know but i feel like crap you know so it is what it is. So, get some E3 stuff going on here. Um, like like I said, a lot of people didn't really love this year at E3. Like, oh, this is a down year. And then I'm just looking like across the entire thing, and I'm like, dude, there's some really cool stuff here. There might not have been like the biggest like pop reveals. Like, oh my god, I cannot believe this! Like grabbing your your uh armchair ar- chair arms like digging your fingers in like oh my god it's so amazing or anything like that but there were a lot of just like really solid and incredible looking games and i'm excited for the next year or so of games there's just so much cool stuff going on there's a hundred there's like i would say i've there was at least two or three hundred indie games that i would just like oh my god there's so many you know there was just so many announced not gonna say i would play every single one of those but there are a lot that i would play (laughs) so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna jump into it we're gonna start off with ea they went on saturday they didn't have a press conference they had just kind of like this little live stream thing they did they didn't really announce much um but they did show gameplay for jedi fallen order and i was pretty impressed with the initial trailer for this i thought it was actually interesting it looked a little plain to me like honestly it looked more like uncharted jedi fallen order it looked like uncharted star wars which i was like all right that's cool uh the combat looks a little bit like it has a stamina meter and it has you know actual like ways to get good at it i guess i should say and i thought the graphics stunning it looked fun and and just entertaining to play I actually looking. I'm actually really looking forward to this. I think Respawn Entertainment is very good at making video games. I think they're really good at focusing on gameplay first. So, even if the story is, you know, it is what it is, I know the game is going to play just just fucking phenomenally. You know, it's going to play so good because Respawn. Every single game I've played by then, and the and the creative leads, they're from Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two, and those are like the best call of duty games right and then they went over to titanfall titanfall 2 and they did awesome there so i just have the utmost respect for these guys and i think they can make a really good game oh also apex uh legends i've played a good amount of that it plays just 
perfect though. Um, and I've heard good things about the Titanfall 2 campaign, and I think I'm going to visit that soon because everybody like just loves it to death, and they say it's just so good. So obviously they're actually pretty good at making a single-player story too. And looking at this, you know, it was like 15 minutes of Star Wars. You had a Fallen Order gameplay, and then had Greg Miller there like interviewing people. And it was pretty interesting. Like, the thing is, is the trailer they show at Xbox, I skip ahead just a little bit, which is the next one anyway. But they showed a better trailer at Xbox. And then listening to podcasts, this game is more akin to like a Metroid game and more akin to like a Dark Souls game than an Uncharted game. So why I say that is they say that you can actually have your own ship and you can go to different planets and you can get upgrades to get to new areas of different parts of the planets and very metroid like and they say it's like you know i guess people were saying more it's like sekiro because it has or sekiro however you say that because it's actually has a stamina system where you bust down the stamina to the bad guys and whenever it gets to a certain limit you can you know knock them out or kill them or whatever and uh that's a lot like sekiro obviously never played that game but i have seen enough to know what the basic mechanics are involved there and in according to a lot of people it's kind of like uh dark souls light or sekiro light where a lot of people can jump in and play and you know have that ability to get in there and people can have fun with it and it's not overly punishing but you can also change it to hard and when you put it on hard it's going to give you like an actual real challenge like a dark souls games would you know it gives you that feel um and it's obviously a lot more fluid and fast paced it has the force powers you have a force push like a force stop power um and there's puzzles and mechanics related to that and you got the cute little droid character that rides on your uh your shoulder i can't think of shoulder for some reason but yeah he would ride on your shoulder he's called bd1 and uh it's buddy droid one <laughs> it's good, good good name okay apparently the creative director it based that droid on the personality of his dog so you basically have a little puppy droid on your shoulder that helps you out and do puzzles and solve you know different things in the environment too this one's on my must play this year i'm definitely picking it up and uh, yeah uh, i think the first showing of it was pretty decent but like i said i thought the microsoft trailer and then listening to different people talk about it on other podcasts and videos and stuff made the game sound more interesting than their pitch at e3 itself so the, the behind behind closed doors demo sounded freaking awesome i wish we could see it maybe they'll release it sometime but yeah i'm excited for that game it's it's on my must play this year and that's about all ea had they had some other stuff there no no new announcements like they are they're making a, a need for speed game and a plans for zombie game but they just didn't bother bringing it for whatever reason so that it is what it is like okay sure <laughs> like I don't know. I wasn't really impressed with their showing, but like in general, but that was pretty cool. I, I liked the that stuff. And they didn't say anything about Anthem, which was like kind of weird. You know, Anthem just released like two months ago and I bought that game thinking it was going to be awesome. To me personally, it was kind of a disappointment. I know a lot of people liked it. Um, I think it's unfair to the people that are sticking with that game. They dated that they are not getting like little touch, like they didn't touch the base, you know, at e3 say hey you know oh we know we had a rough launch but blame blah 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 that's what they did with bethesda that's what they did with fallout 76 i don't know why they didn't do that with anthem maybe they'll do something later in the year but yeah that's that's that um so we're gonna jump into microsoft which they had a lot of cool stuff uh they did talk about their new console scarlet and they didn't really go too deep into it they said oh it's going to do 120 frames per second and 8k and they had a lot of buzzwords um i'm interested in their console i think that it's actually going to be a pretty good system like it'll be fast you know uh, i just got an x recently so we'll see how i feel when holiday 2020 comes around so that's like a year and a half away so who knows how i'm going to feel then but of course we'll be here talking still and uh yeah, well, E3 2020, or not E3, holiday 2020 is kind of far. So it's like, you know, I don't know how I feel then, but if my Xbox One X still plays the games at, like, a reasonable level, maybe with a little bit of a downgrade, I don't think I'm going to, like, 
rush out day one to buy either of the new systems. But if there's just something there that I just have to play on the newest thing, I might get them. It just depends on my financial situation, blah, blah, blah. But I was pretty interested in the pitch. I thought their pitch was a little weak, honestly. I think they could have had a little bit more to it. But honestly, I am interested to see what a next-gen Xbox is going to look like, you know? Uh, they did talk about xCloud for a little bit, but I don't really believe in streaming technology so far. It just seems kind of like um, an extra feature. It doesn't really feel like it is, is like going to be a great platform, platform-style thing. Like, Stadia was there, too. They did their thing, and then their pricing models all jacked and crazy, and I just... I just didn't like it. I'm like, this is just too much. And I don't travel a lot, so I probably wouldn't use it um, that much. Like, if Stadia came out, or xCloud even, came out with, like, you know, an exclusive must-play game, maybe I'll jump over there and try it out. But besides that, I, I'm just going to not mess with streaming because I have data cap. You know, I'm on my internet here. I have one terabyte data cap, and you know I'm going to hit that thing really fast, especially if I'm streaming 4K at 60 frames per second. So it's like, eh, I'm good. So yeah, and uh, what else did they have? They had Game Pass Ultimate, which they announced. They did announce Game Pass for PC a little bit before the press conference, and then they talked about Game Pass Ultimate, which is $15, and you get everything. You get Xbox Live Gold. You get game pass for xbox which is like over 100 games and then game pass for pc which is over 100 games and there are some games that are going to be on both game passes but there is a lot of unique games to pc like i was looking through the library today they have like into the breach the messenger like some you know turn-based style games uh, like age of empires should be on there soon and i'm just like that's cool like you get like this huge variety of games and then they had this cool upgrade service. You pay $1 and then it converted everything to Ultimate. You know, it was like a special promotion for E3, which I did. So I actually have uh, Ultimate until I think August of next year. And I'm going to be trying it out. And if I enjoy it and we hit August next year, I'll just re-up if I'm having a good time with it. Because I love Game Pass so far. Played a decent amount of Outer Wilds on it last week. And that game is just really cool. And I, I was enjoying that. And Hollow Knight, you know, and... The thing about this is I think it's a, such a cool thing. They are literally making Netflix for games with this service. And I don't think that it's perfect, honestly, because games go in and out of it, you know, because you could be in a hundred hour RPG and then they say, oh, now you got to pay for it. That's, you know, a bit of a bummer. But, you know, another announcement they made is Outer Worlds is coming out from um, Obsidian because they purchased Obsidian. They announced that last year. And... Outer Worlds looks super incredible. Like, it's a Fallout New Vegas-style game, but set in space. And it has a lot of Fallout-y looks to it, you know, more modern Fallout. And uh, I'm just super excited about that game. I was going to buy that game full price, but it's going to be on Game Pass, added value, and I get to play that game. And the, another one I'll get to play day one is Psychonauts 2, because Double Fine has been acquired by... Microsoft, which was a really cool announcement. I was like, damn, that's that's a, one of the most unique studios. They make some of the most unique and interesting games like out there, right? Psychonauts, um, stacking, costume, costume quests, you know, uh, like lots of really cool games that are unique and just unlike anything else anybody makes. And they have a lot of humor to them. They're cute. A lot of times they have really cool art styles. And I think that's just Giving them more money, you know, to make some more awesome things is just a plus in my book. More double find in the world is a great thing. So I'm super excited for that. I'm like, you know what? Hell yeah. Hell to the yeah. <laughs> so that was one of the cool announcements. And then they had another announcement. There was a, This one was a really long press conference. So we're not going to talk about much from this one. These are just the standout things. But yeah, like. I, I think what Xbox is doing, Microsoft is doing, where they're like, here is us building this platform for the future. They're building, you know, a stable of games, stable of studios to when they hit next gen, everything's going to be out there. Like they did show a Halo Infinite trailer. It didn't really impress me too much. Made me think like, eh, it, it looked all right. You know, like I'm not the hugest Halo guy. I'll play online mostly. Like I still hate 
I play Halo 5 online like today. Like I'll play some today probably. I play it all the time. I love Halo 5 online. And um, I have Master Achievement Collection installed. Sometimes I'll go play some classic. But I, I actually like Halo with sprinting in it. So I don't know. Some people would say that's blasphemous. But I do love the Halo with a little bit more fast pace to it, you know. And uh, yeah, it's very entertaining. But that Halo Infinite trailer didn't do much for me. Um, neither did the Gears of War 5 stuff. I'm like, you know, I don't know the series. I actually, when I move closer to my brother, I plan to play that split screen with him. That whole entire series. We're just going to sit down, play 1 through 5. So hopefully that'll happen eventually. So I'm not like, oh my god, I need to play it. And then they had like another first party thing that I did like, though, is Forza has this expansion pass coming out that's Lego. That looks really cool. And uh, yeah, I'm just I'm just rambling, honestly. But the, From Software had a new game that got announced. This one leaked ahead of time. It's called Elden Ring. It's a fantasy game, you know, by the creator of Dark Souls and, you know, creatively in Dark Souls and Bloodborne, all those games. Miyazaki and the writer of Game of Thrones, you know, Song of Ice and Fire, all that stuff, George R.R. R. Martin. They're going to team up and they're going to make this game. And um, it sounds fascinating. It's that team and studio making an open world game for the very first time, set in like more uh, fantastical setting, less dark and demented, or might be dark and demented. I can't really tell too much from the trailer, but more of a classic fantasy style storyline and setting you can ride a horse and uh that's about all we know about that game but i'm interested to see what it ends up being because i have a passing interest in from software games i just haven't given one like my full attention yet and i mean to do it sometime I, i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna beat one of these games one day we'll see when but yeah i, I thought that was a cool announcement and then probably what stole the entire e3 for a lot of people was they had a cyberpunk 27 cg trailer and then at the end in the trailer you get that you get shot you get killed you wake up in a graveyard and then there's a guy that's over you and he looks down takes off his sunglasses and it's keanu freaking reeves and then of course they open up the stage and we have <laughs> fog coming out on the stage and then keanu reeves comes out He's all cool because, you know, it's Keanu Reeves. He's like real laid back. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm going to be in Cyberpunk. And he like growls it. And someone says, you're breathtaking. And then he's like, no, you're breathtaking. And then like, it's just, it's just hilarious. I thought that was a cool reveal. Um, I like the actor. He's a good actor. He's he's in a lot of really great stuff. So I'm excited to see him in that game. And then they announced a release window. I, I think they might have announced a date for cyberpunk and it's next year in 2020 uh like first half 2020 like that's going to be a stacked time period so i like the microsoft press conference i don't think anything completely blew me out of the water but if you look at it as a, as a whole it was a really solid conference and they talked about a lot of important stuff they're building for the future and there's a lot of great games there to play this year i'm excited for it you know um let's see what what's next we have bethesda haha <laughs> bethesda has some cool stuff in it they had uh death loop by Arc arcane studios the makers of dishonored uh female and male lead and you play both of them and you have to try to kill each other and it's like an open world open world uh do your own thing kind of like dishonored like dishonor would give you a level and then it's like hey go do it your way so it's a similar idea to that. And it's a time loop. You're trying to assassinate people and then you restart and then you assassinate people and restart. That's why it's called Death Loop. I like this really cool grindhouse look to it, the trailer. This is my one of my favorite games of the show. I'm super excited for it. Uh, Dishonored is one of my favorite series. It, uh, after playing two, I went back and played one. And I actually still have a spinoff game to play for that series. I bought it day one. I bought the spinoff. Um, I forgot the name of it. And I'm like, man, I haven't even played the spinoff. I got to go do that. There's a lot of games to play, guys. But yeah, I love the studio. They make some great games. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of Prey. It was a completely different style. Um, I saw what they were going for. It was just not my type of game. And a lot of people absolutely love it. And I see why. It just didn't click with me personally. But I think Prey is a great game too. It's just for my for me, my personal taste, 
I didn't like the, uh, I just didn't like the atmosphere. I didn't really like how it played too much. It wasn't for me, but Dishonored and Prey, you know, if there's like a happy medium between there and then they do like a grindhouse feel to it, I, I gotta play this, you know. Uh, they showed some Wolfenstein, you, Youngblood? Youngblood. It comes out next month. I'm playing it. Looks awesome. It's uh, split screen, or I don't, I don't know if it's split screen, but it's definitely co-op, and it just looks fun. I love the other Wolf, Wolfenstein games. Uh, New Colossus was just a, such a fast-paced and fun shooter, and uh, doing that in co-op is going to be fun. Sorry, uh, kind of like some indigestion or something going on today. Not the best. Not 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 good times. <laughs> um, also, what else was there? They had Ghostwire Tokyo, which is the same studio that made Evil Within. And I just think the trailer was fascinating. The creative lead came out. She was funny. She was she was great. I can't think of her name, but she was awesome. Uh, that game, I just love the visual style to it. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, go see the trailer. It just has like this really interesting look to it. It's going to be kind of like a more modern day Tokyo setting horror like suspense game. And that seems cool to me. I, I'm going to play that for sure. And then they showed a good amount of Doom Eternal. I was going to play this game anyway. This got, just got me more pumped. It looks so fast-paced. So awesome. And then they announced it's coming out in November. I'm like, hell yeah. Let's go rip and tear. I'm so st- I'm stoked to play this game, guys. I want it right now. I, I like inject it into my veins. So yeah. Bethesda had a solid conference, guys. Like They did talk about Fallout 76 and a few other things. Like They had this weird Commander Keen mobile game. But... Eh. I think their conference was good. Had some stuff I want to play. Didn't blow me away, but I was like, hell yeah, there's some good stuff there, you know. Uh, and then I watched the Devolver conference or their little thing. Uh, I guess they're having fun with it. These things are, these videos are just silly and r- ridiculous. And I'm just like, whatever, you know. They had two games that looked okay. There's like this Battle Royale Fall Guys game. It's kind of like a, uh, what's the name? human fall flat but like multiplayer looked interesting it's kind of like it's not really about killing each other it's about surviving like puzzle obstacles to be like the last man standing and then there is this game called carrion which looks really cool it's kind of like you're a monster it's like a 2d game kind of like this like amorphous looking blob monster that has like these tendrils that go out and you can kill guys and it's kind of like surviving long enough to kill the next victim type of thing Looks cool. Uh, like you get more big and like disgusting as you capture more guys. The it has a really just intricate looking 8-bit style or 16-bit style, and that looks pretty cool. Uh, I'll play that for sure. Um, but yeah, that was it for the Devolver one. Eh, the like I said, they're having fun. I guess you know whatever. <laughs> um, PC gaming show. This was probably my favorite of all of these. Honestly, like from. Uh, the amount of games I wanted to play on it, I think this one had the most. Um, but yeah, we're just going to go real like rapid fire through these. There's one called Midnight Ghost House, which is basically like prop hunt. If you ever played that on any games, basically you are a guy trying to find people. Other Okay, there's two teams. One team plays a group of people, and then the other team plays props in the environment. And then here you're a group of people with like vacuum cleaners, and then the props in the environment can actually you can jump between different props and then you can attack people with the props and then the other people have to try to suck you out like a poltergeist from the props find the one with the right props so it's kind of like a tug of war like multiplayer game that looked really fun i like the art style for it. it had kind of like almost like a cartoony look to it uh i play i'd i'd play the hell out of that like if somebody wanted to play with me i would totally play that game looks fun um there's this game called valfaris and it's like a badass run and gun contra style with like heavy metal vibes like kind of like almost 80s style like color palettes and grime grimy and just badass just like destroying everything with giant guns it looks like a ton of fun that one's coming to console as well and i have that one on my radar i followed them on twitter i'm all in i'm gonna play the hell out of that game when it comes out um, that one's been around. I've seen a, another gameplay for it like a few years ago, but it looks so much better now. They've been improving it, obviously, and it's near release. There wasn't a release date announced for it, but it looks pretty badass. I'm going to play that. Um, another one that's kind of like 
I would say almost like a joke game, but it's not. It's called Man Eater. And the goal is to be a shark in the water. It's played from like a third person perspective. You play the shark and you have to try to eat as many vacationers as you possibly can. And that's the game. And I, th- I think that I don't know if the game is just that, but that's what the trailer kind of showed. It might be more like there might be a multiplayer modes where you, you play a shark and then people against the shark. I don't know. But the trailer is just so much fun. I recommend going to see it. It's just this ridiculous. It definitely looks like a joke turned into a video game. But hey, I'm all about that. I'll try it out when it comes out. Um, couple more they had uh chivalry 2 which is kind of like a mindless medieval like i wouldn't say mindless there's tactics to it but just fun hack and slash game i love this the style i really like the first one so i'm i'm excited to see how that one turns out and let's see telling lies which is kind of like uh her story so if you don't know her story is or telling lies there's like videos of real people talking to the camera like interview style and then you f- solve a crime, murder uh, situation. This is like a spiritual sequel to her story. And you look up words and then you get different video clips and you kind of piece together this like complex storyline. And that looks really cool. Definitely on my radar for sure. I think that type of thing is unique. Like nobody else is doing that ty- style of video game. I haven't played her story yet. Definitely want to play it. That's on one of my... It's like one on my top uh, quick save club recommendations right now. I'm like, I got it. We got to play that game. It's only a few hours long and it's going to be a good conversation. I'm sure if we do that. Um, But yeah, this is more of that. And I'm really looking forward to it. Excuse me. I I think that the PC gaming show is one of the best conferences because they show the gameplay. They talk to the devs real quick. It's kind of in and out, and you kind of get a sense for the games, and they pick a really good lineup every year. The hosts are always really good. I, I recommend watching it because a lot of people kind of push it to the side, and I think it's a good conference, and there's a lot of stuff for console people there too. It's not all PC games there. Yeah, Even though the title is PC Gaming Show, there's a lot of a lot of these games end up coming on consoles as well. So, so yeah, I mean, like a good example of that is Vampire Bloodlines Masquerade 2 that's coming on consoles they had like a pretty cool dev interview and they showed some gameplay there like just a little snippet of it but it was pretty cool you know they show some great stuff at the pc gaming show and i highly recommend watching it one conference i didn't watch all the way through i was busy at the time i just i'm gonna go back and watch it but uh the limited limited run one did come out uh they did a similar thing where they did the green screen stage and they did their thing and they're releasing a ton of physical games. If you're into that, that's awesome. The couple that stood out to me, uh, the thing is about Limited Run is they don't really announce new, new games. They announce physical versions of games that already came out. So I didn't make it a priority to see this. I'm not like the hugest stickler for, hey, I got to have it physical. I know some people exist like that, and hey, more power to you. And if there's a cool limited edition like the night in the woods version that's a physical release i might pick it up just because i enjoy that game so much i want to support devs even more and having that physical copy could be nice to have and i don't own the game on on a switch so uh, maybe i'll pick it up i said that about celeste and i didn't end up getting it i was so tempted and i should have i kind of regret not getting it at the time but it is what it is uh they also announced they're doing star wars like they have this whole agreement with lucas arts to do like uh, Star Wars games all the way back to N64 and PC. They're going to re-release them on the original formats, some on the newer formats, and that's awesome. I'm glad they're doing that. Um, and if I see something like a really cool, you know, box set of a, a Star Wars game I like, I might pick it up. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad they're doing that. Uh, I like what Limited Run does. It's so neat. Like I like it. It's just not always for me, and I, I can't always afford all these physical editions, but. For the people that enjoy collecting them and the physical lovers out there, I'm the physical lovers. Uh, physical video game lovers out there have that option. I, I appreciate them doing that, and that's a great company. And yeah. Next up, we had Ubisoft. No, not me. Ubisoft. Oh, 
God, these jokes are horrible. Anyway, this one was kind of hit and miss for me. There was a lot of updates for like For Honor, Division 2, and stuff like that. So I'm just like, eh, I don't care about these games. But Watch Dogs Legion really had my interest. It piqued my interest. I'm playing this game. Um, the, prim- the premise is cool. You're in London. In the future, it's post-Brexit, you know. And Ubisoft saying, oh, we're not political. This game's, like, very political, in my opinion. But, you know, I'm not going to go into that topic today. Well, maybe in the future. But, basically, you are building a resistance to fight a corrupt government that's being overtaken by, like, a police state, which is in London. And you can play any NPC in the game. You can take any NPC and make it a PC, a playable character. And that is the cool premise based the premise of this game, like the you know, overarching goal is to build up your your team, your crew. And you can play anything from a granny, which they showed like a kick ass granny hacking stuff. Sure. And then like they showed a couple of different other characters. You kinda just like can scan people, recruit them, and then jump into them and play as them and they all have their own personality and dialogue and the game will evolve and change depending on which character you play and i don't know how they're going to pull this off i just got to see what they do this game is just on my must playlist because of how ambitious it um how ambitious it is and how are they going to pull off the game design on that type of scale i don't know how it's going to work i just got to see it you know so that's definitely on my radar um there's a couple other things like a roller skating game roller champions which is like a looked okay uh nothing else really stood out too much for me on this one um besides gods and monsters which was announced at the end has a very breath of the wild-esque like art style but it's more in like a greek mythology setting and it's by the people that did uh uh which one assassin's creed odyssey and uh that looks pretty cool i'm like I'm interested. There's just a CG trailer. There's no gameplay, so it probably won't even be next year. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, that was the Ubisoft conference. They had the Just Dance people come out. It's always a fun conference to watch, but there was a lot more updates than new games on this one. So, and they announced a TV show, too, which is kind of weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it wasn't my favorite Ubisoft one. Uh, they've done way better in the past. But I would say it was solid, but not fantastic. But they did have some standout titles there. So, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then I didn't mention it in Microsoft, but Bleeding Edge looks pretty cool from Ninja Theory. This is a random thought. They had they have a really good, like, action design. And they're good at fighting games. Like, not fighting game, but super fast-paced action games. And this is like a 3v3 uh, pick-your-character, like, Overwatch-style melee combat game and i signed up for the alpha i'm gonna try that out it just popped in my head randomly we're gonna jump back into the actual lineup here <laughs> uh the next up we had the kind of funny games cast or was a kind of funny but yeah they put together like a a little presentation i think it's this kind of funny e3 presentation whatever and they put together a ton of indie games and i appreciate that they do it it's just hard for me to focus on them there's so many and they come at you so fast it's like 60 something games in like 45 minutes so like here's this game and they do this with this one and then here's this game and then here's this game and this is like okay i'm trying to pick out some stuff i went back and looked at it it's going to be a good resource for the future for me like hey what indie games are coming up what should i keep my eye on you know um there's a couple that stuck out to me that i remembered from the trail you know from the actual presentation and made sure i got the right names for and stuff um one was called super liminal and it's just like it's kind of hard to describe basically you use perspective to solve puzzles right so a good example was they there was like this dollhouse on this table right you pick up the dollhouse and if you look up with the dollhouse in your hand the dollhouse gets life size because of the perspective it looks big right from the angle that you have it and then you drop it and the house is full sized or you got like a little cube on the table And then if you turn and you uh, have the perspective to where this block looks giant in the environment, then when you drop it, it turns into a giant cube. It's hard to describe, but it's very mind-bendy. It looks very Portal-esque, you know? Like, 
you have to think about it, but when you figure out that puzzle, you feel like a genius type of game. Definitely looks really cool. Uh, I would check check out the trailer for that. It's called Super Liminal, and uh, I haven't seen a game like it before. Such an interesting concept and idea. I can't wait to try it out. Uh, another one was Foregone. It remind, this one reminded me of Dead Cells with guns. <laughs> right there, I'm already in, right? It's a Metroidvania. I'm not sure if this one's roguelike or not, but I think they mentioned something about, oh, you're going to die and die again, probably. Um, the artwork looks somewhat similar to Dead Cells. has a different style to it. But if you had them side by side, you can be like, oh, that's probably part of the same franchise, you know. But I like the look of it. I'm interested in seeing more about it. They say it's inspired by Dark Souls and Dead Cells. So I'll try it out when it comes out. Those are the two that stick out to me the most. But there are so many games in that kind of funny press conference thing that it's just like, whew, it's overwhelming, you know, it's just so much, but I appreciate that they do it, and I'll watch every single one, and support every single one, um, I'm actually a kind of funny fan, I do listen to their podcasts and stuff too, not all of them, but a good amount of them, so I like what they do, and I appreciate that they put that out, shine light on like these smaller titles, and I am huge into the smaller titles, which there is one I've been recently playing, but uh, I'll probably save that to the next podcast, so yeah. Next up, we have Square Enix, which people said that they had the best press conference. I thought they did pretty good, but there was a lot in there that wasn't for me. So, like, I'm just like, eh, cool, good for those guys. <laughs> they they put out, like, a lot of remasters of stuff that people have been wanting. I don't even know all of them, but I know they finally put out Final Fantasy VIII, and they're going to actually remaster and clean it up a little bit. The art style is going to look... You know, it's going to be the same art style, but they're going to clean up some of the jaggies and get some more anti-aliasing and make it just nicer to play on modern systems, which it wasn't out on modern systems before. Now it's going to be. So that's pretty cool. And I know Musty Hobb is excited about that, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, that's his favorite game, of, like, I think of all time, or at least up there for him. I was happy for him, and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll go back and play, because I do like Final Fantasy 7, 8, and 9 but I haven't played them since I was young. And since then, my uh, taste has kind of changed where I don't like turn-based combat as much in the modern day. I'm more of into like an action, like quick, fast-paced game. But maybe I'll go back to it. I don't know. <laughs> but they did show more Final Fantasy VII. And they showed more gameplay. Announced the release day of March of next year. That's why I'm saying the first half. Stacked. And... I was impressed by the demo they showed here. The combat looks interesting. It's kind of like a turn-based action hybrid. And I was kind of like, this looks kind of fun, you know? Um, it didn't really look like Final Fantasy XV. Um, something about that combat system didn't stick with me. I didn't really like the characters that much in that game either. It was I, I think that game just rubbed me the wrong way all around, honestly. It just wasn't for me. But I loved the setting for Final Fantasy VII. I freaking remember playing it as a kid, loving it to death. Of course, it's classic for a reason. And maybe modern day me, you know, in a few months when that comes out, it's not even that far away. Maybe I'll enjoy playing a modern day take on it. And of course, this is just going to be a Midgar. So it's like the first like third of the game or so. So I could see this being like a trilogy. I'm thinking that's probably what they're going to do with it. And, um, yeah, of course, everybody freaked out when they saw Tifa, and the character design was great for her, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's not like, oh my god, I must play it right now, but I know a lot of people are like that. When it comes out, I'll probably pick it up and try it out. And uh, they showed a Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC Remind trailer. Um, didn't do much for me. It's just kind of like late game stuff with different characters, and then some just really cryptic, weird Kingdom Hearts storyline shit which I like, but it the trailer didn't do nothing for me. I'll just play the DLC when it comes out and see what kind of batshit stuff they come up with because the storyline gets more convoluted all the time. And uh, I'm caught up now, so I get to see it happen in real time, not just convoluted craziness and trying to decipher this really insane storyline you know, by playing the games from the start. Um, I'm glad I did that. Now I'm caught up. So when new Kingdom Hearts stuff comes out, I can be like, okay, I'm a part of this. Let's see what's going on. So I'll play it. 
we'll see what happens whatever <laughs> some of the stuff that kingdom hearts does is not always amazing um kingdom hearts 3 is a flawed game but i did enjoy parts of it so i like the game in general uh, i think it's a pretty solid kingdom hearts entry um and i'll play the dlc that's i talked too much about that let's keep going uh the last thing i want to talk about oh the two last things one is a quick mention of outriders uh, they showed a co- decent trailer on it. I wish they would have shown some gameplay, but it's from People Can Fly. They made Bulletstorm. I just want to see what they do next. That's all I'm going to say about that one. And then we'll jump to Avengers, which didn't impress me as much as I thought it would. But it looks decent. You know, I wish it would have blown me away more. Um, I don't know. I'm not disappointed by the gameplay. It just kind of fell a little flat for me honestly um i don't mind them taking the character designs in their own way and doing their own thing and but like before we really knew what the game was and then they're talking about it being a games as a service and i'm like i don't know like do i want that and then they're talking like oh it can be single player or multiplayer and they're like pushing multiplayer but then they have to mention like oh no microtransactions no paid microtransactions and we're just like we don't really know what this game is yet, and you're talking about microtransactions. What the hell? Like, what? You know, so the graphics look nice. The character models didn't feel, like, perfect to me. I was like, they looked all right. Um, they showed, like, maybe 10 seconds of gameplay in that whole entire thing. Um, voice cast looks cool. I'm excited about that. Have some good actors in there. You know, Laura, Laura Bailey, right? Yeah, Laura Bailey, Nolan North um troy baker a couple of other people um good actors i'm in- interested in the storyline just hope it plays good because we didn't see much of the gameplay um yeah and that one comes out in may next year so w- there's time we'll see more of it by then and hopefully it turns me around i'm not like super jazzed about it but i do want to try it you know i want to play it if it turns out being a fun avengers game you know hopefully it's not crappy because crystal dynamics dynamics made it's probably some of the best Tomb Raider games. They do make really great games, so we'll see. That one's on my... I want to play it, and hopefully it lives up to what I want it to be type of thing. So, last but not least, we have Nintendo, which had a lot of cool stuff. And I thought this was probably the... like, I would say for, for more like variety of games... PC Gamer Show was my number one, but for like all-in-all presentation and announcements, Nintendo was the best, which is not a surprise. They showed Animal Crossing. They delayed that a little bit. They showed Luigi's Mansion 3. They announced two Smash characters. They showed Hero from Dragon Quest with different forms of Hero. That looked cool. And I was like, eh, I don't, you know, it's an anime fighter with a sword. So I was like, okay, cool. I haven't even bought, you know, I... Never even bought Smash Brothers. Isn't that weird? I still want to play this game. And I just, just never bought it. Um, it came out when I was unemployed and didn't have enough money for it. For it so it was like a sore spot for me. I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I don't want to play it. But now I think I'm over that. And I'll probably pick it up pretty damn soon and play some of this stuff. But uh, yeah. And then announced Banjo-Kazooie is going to be in it. Nice, cool crossover with Microsoft. Kind of a throwback to the N64. You know, all that. That's awesome. The move set looked great. It looked like a really fun character, and that's one of those ones that you think would have happened eventually, but when it finally does, it's like, holy shit, that's awesome. They showed No More Heroes 3, just like a cool little trailer. I have a soft spot for this series. It's silly, dumb most of the time, ridiculous. Um, Looks like it's using motion controls, which makes me like, I don't know about this, because the Switch motion controls isn't like the most flawless thing ever right um but my dog's trying to get in the room sorry if you hear that i'm like doing this on my break right now so it's like i'm trying to hurry up and not hurry up i'm like chilling but i don't want to let the animals in here and and have to get both of them out um but yeah anyway no more heroes it's fun i like the humor in it i'm excited to see what they do in the future with that franchise and uh i I know that little spinoff game didn't do great but that doesn't mean a third one in the series would be bad or anything. You know, I think that one was just like a stopgap game. And hopefully this turns out to be pretty awesome. Also, they announced a Panzer Dragoon like remake reimagining, which I've never 
played much of Panzer Dragoon. I had a friend that had it a long, long, long time ago. And I played some then. That's the only experience I've had with it. But I'm excited to see what they do to this. Make it look all pretty and nice. And I'll play that when it comes out. That's cool. I'm, I'm excited for that. And they uh, shadow dropped uh, Mana Collection. Which was already, I think, available in Japan. Now it's available in America. They localized everything. Has like Final Fantasy Adventure. I think it's a Game Boy game. Like Secret of Mana and Trials of Mana. And then they also announced Trials of Mana HD. Which is kind of like a... Like they did to Secret of Mana. Like last year. Like a 3D version of Trials of Mana. Which is a sequel. Or a tangential story. I don't know much about the series. Not my style. But I know that was a huge announcement for the people that are into that. So I wanted to mention it. Um, Then they announced the Link's Awakening release date. And that game looks awesome. I'm going to play it. Day one. Um, Never played Link's Awakening. And this just looks like the perfect way to jump into it. I'm going to play the hell out of it. I'm going to play the hell out of it when it comes out. And last but not least, they had a really kind of interesting trailer for a Breath of the Wild sequel. And this was a big surprise for me. I was kind of on the edge of my seat watching this trailer. Um, It's kind of had like a slow build. Is this this Zelda? Is it? Is it? And then, and of course, it is. And it kind of looks really dark and atmospheric. And it has, like, a really nice look to it. And I am very excited for the prospect of a darker Breath of the Wild sequel. Um, Breath of the Wild is interesting to me because I have kind of, like, a weird feeling towards that game. I actually want to go back to it and play it some more. I don't really think, it like, I have a negative feeling towards it. I just kind of fell off on, on it. I kind of got a little bit fatigued with playing it i guess because the open world is so big and expansive and it's just a lot of running and i at the at the time i was playing horizon zero dawn so this is actually when it first released and i was kind of playing both games at the same time and i kind of just fell off of breath of the wild but i do remember having so many just fantastic moments with it looking out over the horizon uh discovering all the crazy little nooks and crannies and doing the shrines in the world it's just a fantastic game and i don't feel like i personally give it enough credit and um the thing is that i need to go back i need to revisit breath of the wild original breath of the wild and kind of just immerse myself into that game and that experience again i think to get more of an appreciation for that game because i have i like that game quite a bit but i have i don't have this deep personal like great you know just uh, I, what's the word am I looking for? I, I'm, I, I'm not. I don't relate to this game as much as other people do. I don't have this revelatory like, just passion for it like a lot of people have. I think that if I sit down and I actually go back to it, I can kind of get that feel again. Because there are moments that I was like, wow, this is just something else. This is something different, you know. Um, but I don't just have this undying love and passion and just, I just, it's just not my favorite game ever. I think it's a great game. Um, but I had some qualms with it personally and it didn't stick with me and I didn't stick it out to the very end. So I think that I, like I said, I don't think I give Breath of the Wild originally enough credit, but seeing the sequel just kind of sparked my like, just like that little fuzzy feeling in the back of my head like i i just want to go back to to breath of the wild again revisit it after it's been almost it's been over probably been two years since i played the original go back to it just put 10 more hours into that game and just kind of live in that world for a little bit more and just like i said gain a bigger appreciation for that game because i know it's a groundbreaking game. I know it's an, a game unlike anything else. I just need to give it more time. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Frantic Thoughts, wrapping up E3 2019. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, there was a lot to go over for E3. There always is, but I thought this year was pretty fantastic. If you want to have a conversation about any of this stuff, go over to the Cartridge Club forums, click on the Frantic Thoughts tab, click on this episode. We can talk over there, or you can follow me on Twitter at Frantic Society. I'm always over there chit-chatting about video games and movies, whatever I'm up to, randomly talking about iced coffee, you know, stuff like that. And also, I am part of a PC video game podcast. It's a monthly podcast called Quick Save Club, where we take a video game that is 
adjacent to PC, has origins in PC, that is related to PC in some way. We play it for the month, have a conversation at the end of the month on a podcast and post it on all podcast feeds so you can check out that podcast and give us some feedback our first episode was half-life and i thought it came out really good so check that out and the game we're playing this month also is planescape torment which is this very deep and well-written rpg that i haven't made a complete like i haven't had my i haven't finished the thought on what i feel about this game but it's definitely going to spark some conversation and that's going to be a fun podcast so check out that little fun podcast that i do with some friends from the cartridge club and thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoyed this episode and next week we'll be maybe not even next week in a few days probably when this post we'll be talking about just kind of like what i've been up to some movies and stuff like that and uh yeah i hope you enjoyed this e3 filled episode and i'll see you next time bye guys of being there, of walking the streets of the future, is really going to be breathtaking. You're breathtaking. You're breathtaking. You're all breathtaking.